This is Jackets Debrief, a show about the Columbus Blue Jackets, the National Hockey League, and part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Welcome everyone to this uh, episode of Jackets Debrief here. I hope you all had a Merry Christmas. Uh, enjoy the holidays in whatever way you were able to celebrate them, whether it was seeing some family, whether it's Zoom. Um, however your situation is that you were able to best enjoy it. I hope it was a good one. All right, folks, here we are. We are but a few weeks away from the start of the NHL season. We have got stuff happening now. Things seem to be going in different directions um, as far as the season starting. But we're going to start off uh, with our drink of the week. This week, a little different because it's not a beer. It is a drink. It is something I was gifted. It is Barton Long Island Iced Tea. Um, ready to drink? Just add ice. Barton Long Island iced tea. Let's see how this goes. Let's see how this works. It says just add ice, so that's what I'm doing. Myself a decent amount there. We'll see how this goes. Looks like iced tea, so maybe. Oh. That is sweet. Oh, my. Oh, that is... Dear heavens. Oh. I'm going to try this again. After the Browns game today, I'll need at least another drink of it, but... Ah, wow. That is something. All right. So sweet. Oh, my goodness. It's like I just... Oh, wow. It's as if you took syrup and added some vodka to it, then decided to drink it because that that's the kind of degenerate you are. <laughs> that's thats what happened just now. Oh, my. Going to need to cut that with something. Whew. All right. Jumping into <laughs> the news this week around the NHL for the Blue Jackets here. Uh, Blue Jackets signed Michael Delzato to a PTO. Now, we've got another PTO to talk about later in the show. Um, that is nothing like this one. It's a big one for the Blues. But Blue Jackets signed defenseman Michael Delzato uh, to a PTO for training camp. So I was looking at Delzato's uh, statistics and, and trying to get a sense of where that player really is. Um, and, and I'll tell you, it's... I guess he's a defensive defenseman. Um, at this point, looking at his most recent years of playing, because he started off his career in the, with the Rangers, and he's kind of jumped around a bit in recent years. Uh, different teams, Vancouver, Anaheim, St. Louis, um, and some time with Philadelphia. Let's put it this way. The best year he's had in the last few years, the 18-19 season, his expected goals for per 60 were 0.072 his best year uh goals against average per 60 uh was a uh negative 0.04 with vancouver now that was only under 23 games so sample sizes are important in that uh but it's the really the Delzato signing comes across to me as it's a warm body for the blue line. It's a PTO tryout, so maybe he'll be worth it. Maybe he won't. 
I mean, it's not it's not like you're you're married to this guy at this point. He's just going to be there, really, just to just to be uh, another warm body on the defense. Because when you're when you're looking at where this team is, um, as far as defensive depth anymore, that's really what the Blue Jackets kind of trade away in the offseason when they trade away Murray and. Nudavara was getting rid was was moving that depth because right now the defensive pairings we're looking at Wrensky Jones, uh, Gavrikov Savard, then maybe Carlson Kukin. Um, it, it's I'm trying to remember off the top of my head who else we maybe uh, we got Peak back there um, that could probably play and and Peak is somebody that I'm I am personally pretty high on. I think he's going to be good. Uh, you got Harrington. You still got Gabriel Carlson to see if he can prove you, prove something to you. First two pairs were going to be fine. The third pair is where we're going to have some question marks. And I'll tell you the truth. I mean, that's not the worst place to be uh, doing so. Now, did the Blue Jackets need to trade away from when they did this offseason? I, I don't know. Because right now there's $9 million in cap space. I, I'm beginning to have the belief that Pierre-Luc Dubois is going to be eating up 7 or $8 million of that. So I just... Having some of it free makes a lot of sense to me uh, as far as what's going on there uh, with him. So it, it's a good signing because it gives you just that. It gives you that depth. It gives you, you know, we've got that guy in the organization here. Uh, I mean, you've still got Adam Clendenning on a minor league deal. I mean, what's going to be interesting this season when these teams open up camp here real soon is going to be who does it look like is going to be on those taxi squads? Now, for those of you who are unaware of how the system is going to work, I believe it's that the team's going to have five players on this taxi squad where essentially they can just keep the players around. They can practice with the team. They travel with the team. Uh, they're paid their AHL salary if they're on a two-way deal. Um, and the team can use them as as they need to or as they see fit. So it'll be interesting to see where that where that goes. But yeah, the, the Michael Delzato deal is not really what I think Blue Jackets fans were looking for in hoping for the next Big deal. Um, a player that Blue Jackets fans know and love has decided to call it a career, and that is Mr. Mark Letestu. Um, announced, just came out today that he's he's calling it a career. He's done. He's uh, he's t- sign- hanging him up. Drink for you here, Mark. Ah, man, that again, so sweet. All right. Um. In the article that, that Portsline wrote up about it, uh, he has some discussion talking about maybe he gets into coaching. Apparently, there's been talk about would he get into doing broadcasting. Who knows? I mean, he's playing. He lives in Columbus still. He lives right around Columbus. So maybe he picks up a job with the Blue Jackets. I don't know. Uh, I mean, if he's if he's, <clears throat> I doubt he'd limit himself just to the market because he lives here, uh, but. We'll see what happens. I mean, good for him. It's nice to see him, you know, being able to, you know, it's not exactly on his terms, but I can also understand he's had a long career. And and at this point, uh, with where everything's at, with the the unknowns, with with COVID and everything else, I can totally understand why people are not uh, familiar with that. Um, so let's take a look at so so what I'm going to do next here we're going to jump to a um, a message from one of our friends here on the Hockey Podcast Network and we'll come back here with the uh with the rest of the show there
I'm Corey Francis. I'm Richie Suave Flores. And this is Sporty with Corey and Richie Suave. On the Hockey Podcast Network. What did I just listen to? Oh, this game. This game is, this game is just bullshit now. Oh my gosh. I actually, they actually make me feel uncomfortable. What was it? Panty what? The game has gone to bullshit. Panty melted? Why do we record these during the middle of games? Oh, God. Be sure to listen to Corey and I every Monday. We are your go-to source for the Arizona Coyotes on the Hockey Podcast Network. All right. Yeah, again, sporty with uh, Corey and Richie there. Good show, especially about the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, on the Hockey Podcast Network. Also, fun follows on Twitter because they talk about movies and all sorts of goofy stuff. Even though they have this crazy idea that the Arrowverse is still good. It's not. It's bad television, folks. I'm sorry. That's just what it is. I hate to break it to you if you still believe that it's it's good, but it, it's just not. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, jumping into other stories here. So the big one here, uh, a free agent that has been talked about a lot for the Blue Jackets, and people keep keep putting him on their wish list. Uh, Mike Hoffman, consistent 30-goal scorer, has signed what's called a PTO deal with the St. Louis Blues. Now, this could mean a couple of different things. Now, what's being talked about a lot online and what probably is the odds are in favorite for what's going to happen here is that the St. Louis Blues are signing him to this PTO because on a PTO how it works essentially is the player can still negotiate with other teams. The player could just say, you know what? I'm done. I'm going to go sign somewhere else. The team could still just sign him if they wanted to. And, and he'd be on the team. Now what's going on in St. Louis, St. Louis is in a situation where they're pretty much right up against the cap. Um, But they have two players that it is understood will probably start the season on the injured reserve. So they won't count against the cap, and that is Vladimir Tarasenko and Alexander Steen. Their salaries combined for nearly $13 million. Now, the way long-term injured reserve works, you can essentially either use a long-term injured reserve in the offseason or use it in the regular season. The thing is, you have to, if you use it in the offseason, it then doesn't carry over. You pretty much have used up all your cap help there. So the guess as to what will happen is, it's, it, the guess from some people is that essentially there's a gentleman's agreement for some kind of one-year contract, five, six, seven million, something like that. What will happen is the first day of the year, the first day of the season, the Blues will assign Tarasenko and Steen to the injured reserve, thus freeing up that cap space, and then they will sign the one-year deal with Mike Hoffman. Now, what also could happen? It is entirely possible in the meantime how much they are signing for gets out. And what if another team in that time span goes to Mike Hoffman's agent and says, hey, we're going to offer you an extra $1 million. There's nothing preventing Mike Hoffman from walking away from whatever arrangement he has with the Blues. Now, here's the thing. Is there a gentleman's agreement that they're going to sign this deal after the beginning of the season? There very well could be. And if Hoffman backs off on that, I mean, that's the kind of thing that might sour him, especially with the Blues organization. Uh, whatever organization signs him probably won't be too upset about it, but it, it could, I mean, maybe it'd be a, a thing for his reputation, but at the same time, when there's a PTO signed, if Hoffman hyperextends his knee in a training camp, there's nothing saying the Blues have to sign him. I mean, this is this is the kind of thing where even if there is some kind of wink and a nod deal, 
if you're the player, if a team's coming to you with, oh yeah, here's one year, five million or six million, you take it because you don't know when on, you know, some two on one drill, you fall awkwardly and hurt yourself, and that's it for your season. So I I can see the 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 option odds are it probably will go to, he probably will go with St Louis this year, but if another team steps in, it's smart business to listen. So that would be my my opinion on that. Now, getting around to uh, a story that I find interesting, and it's. I don't know if I'm going to judge it, but I think it's worth talking about, especially in light of the fact that the whole world has gone crazy right now. And then obviously, you know, we've got all this stuff going on now. I'm going to, for those of you who don't uh, like, you know, obviously nobody listens to the show for politics. I'm not going to get into a political opinion on something, but just the general facts of the matter as of right now. So um, as of when I'm recording the show on Sunday night, there has not been a stimulus deal signed uh, for the U S economy. Um, it sounded like there was a deal in place. Then the president essentially came out and said, no, I want it to be for $2,000 instead of 600 on the individual payments. Now it sounds like he may relent on that, sign the deal Monday morning. Who knows? I'm not going to give an opinion here or there, whether it's the right thing or what amounts for the right things or anything like that, because that's not where you listen to the show. What I do find interesting is uh, Larry Brooks of the New York Post today reported. I'm just going to read the beginning of this here. There are 123 teams among the big four North American men's sports leagues, ML, the Major League Baseball, National Football League, National Basketball Association, and the National Hockey League. Only one of them received a loan under the Paycheck Protection Program. That team is the Pittsburgh Penguins, who received a loan of $4.82 million through the program authorized by the CARES Act. According to the Small Business Administration's website, the Paycheck Protection Program is a loan designed to provide a direct incentive for small businesses to keep their workers on payroll. The Post contacted the Penguins, who have a $650 million valuation, according to Forbes, and who are owned by Lemieux Group LP, with Mario Lemieux, co-owner chairman, and Ron Burkle, co-owner, concerning their application of the loan. The organization responded immediately. With our arena being ordered closed since March and without any event revenue, we requested that our landlord, the Sports and Exhibition Authority, consider a temporary deferral of our annual rent payment due in September. This request was denied, the Penguins replied. Accordingly, we borrowed $4.8 million under the CARES Act program in mid-August and applied the funds for a $6.1 million September rent payment to the SEA, which was used by the public agency to make its required bond payment. The SEA indicated it is facing similar financial difficulties due to the closure of the C. Uh, owned convention center, and we are pleased these funds were used to support an important public agency during these challenging times. The Penguins furloughed 40 employees through the summer that they maintained full health benefits. Our furloughs were in effect from June to September. The organization said we brought back staff on September 1st to prepare for next season. This is where Brooks uh, decides to poke a little bit. In unrelated news, Burkle, who is again one of the co-owners, whose net worth is estimated at $1.4 billion by Forbes, recently purchased Michael Jackson's Neverland Ranch in Los Olivos, California, for $22 million. So, I do all of this to say something. Um, I understand that as a Blue Jackets show, something where the Blue Jackets have a sweetheart deal where the county essentially owns the arena, and the Blue Jackets pay pretty much nothing uh, to play there, and the uh, Blue Jackets 
uh, essentially capital improvements for the stadium are paid for by a tax on live event, um, live, uh, live ticket events. You know, I'm not trying to say that this, that, Oh, Oh, how bad are they that this is happening? But as a sports fan, it's kind of infuriating because when you see millions handed out for these things, millions handed out for those things, and the owners don't just say, you know what, I'm not. What, what it's to say is when you're a fan of a team, sometimes you will hear owners talk about things like, oh, it's the public trust, and oh, we do this for the community, and we do this and that. Remember that it's a business, remember that you're being sold a product, and as much as you love it, it will never love you the way you love it. And and that's just the nature of the beast. And it's not to say that the players who play don't play with a lot of passion. They don't love the fans that watch them. It's not to say that the coaches don't want to win. It's not to say the GMs aren't there. But at the end of the day, the people who sign the checks for the vast majority of sports teams, what matters to them is at the end of the day, how big a check can they still sign and, and have their name to it? Because they they this this is business. This is money for them. Um to my knowledge, there's not a lot of teams out there where it's really about this is a this is in a public trust. This is for me to do this. I, I mean, the the one that really really got to me over the off season. So there were stories about the Pagulas when they bought the Buffalo Sabers, um, when they did their introductory press conference about if they would spend the money to try and get a Stanley Cup to Buffalo. And the response Terry Pagula had at the time was, "If I want to make more money, I'll I'll dig an oil another oil well because he was big big oil things where he's made his money." Here's the problem, guys. Oil dropped out of the bottom of the market. Now, not, nobody's weeping for the Pagulas here. The Pagulas are still fabulously wealthy people. But when you see, he, remember that he said that whole thing of, oh, if I want more money, I'll drill an oil well. Uh, you know, if you're a Buffalo fan, you're like, yeah, yeah, that's right. We're going to spend the money. We're going to do what we have to do. But then when the story comes out this offseason about the Pagulas essentially saying, you know, we're not going to allow the operations of these teams to affect our lifestyle. And we're currently custom building a yacht and all that kind of stuff. For a sports fan who loves this stuff, who lives and dies with this stuff, that that's the kind of feeling that sucks because you know that even to the people who own these things, it doesn't mean as much to them as it does to you. And I get that. I get that as a sports fan. And that's that's where I come from. And and to come into my final final topic of the evening, it has been very nice to have hockey back in the form of the World Junior Championships. Um, I've been watching them on on NHL Network, um, which if you remember the discussion from last week's show about you know getting stuff streaming and getting stuff up and going, uh, I'm using Spectrum and they've got an NHL Network connection, so I've been able to watch those games, which I'm happy about. Um, but yeah, we've got so we've got World Junior games going on currently, which is great. Uh, enjoyable to watch, but these are leading to these incredibly weird arguments on Twitter about, you know, oh, as the result of this game, we now know that this specific prospect isn't as good as we thought he was, or, or oh, quit the Quinton Byfield's the big one right now. It's getting a lot of a lot of uh, love and hate. Where some people are like, no, Quinton Byfield's still fine. And some people are like, oh, look, he's really not that good, and and all this stuff. If you want to be a smart sports fan. Always keep in mind sample size. Always keep in mind sample size. And always keep in mind that your emotions at any given moment are clouding what you're thinking. 
Let me give an example from today because my emotions were super clouded around 4.15 this afternoon. The Cleveland Browns, a football team, uh, yeah, if you listen to the show only for hockey, we're going to go on deviation, but it'll make sense to you. Essentially, they were in a situation this afternoon where they were driving down the field to score, to try and tie a game late in a game that if they had won, they would have clinched their first playoff berth. And it's something stupid. 17 years? Something like that? I don't know. It's been way too long. And they didn't do it. On a pivotal fourth and one, Baker Mayfield fumbled. The Browns recovered. But the NHL has, or the NFL has this rule that if on a fourth down in under two minutes, the team fumbles it, only the original player can pick it back up and then advance the ball. I guess it's to try and keep shenanigans from you intentionally fumbling the ball forward. I mean, the ball didn't go forward. It went backwards into the guy's hands, but the Browns lost. And as soon as it was over, Twitter was alight with Baker Mayfield's terrible. Baker Mayfield's not a franchise quarterback. Who would have who would have drafted Baker Mayfield? Blah, 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 blah. Oh, that's sweet. Oh, my goodness. Yikes. Okay. Oh, it's keeping me grounded. Uh, Barton, Long Island iced tea. You're... Whew. All right. So, um, but everybody talking about how he's no good and all this stuff. Whereas a few weeks ago, in the last few weeks, they had a game against the Titans where he looked incredible. They had a game. They did lose to the Ravens, but the game was one of those amazing games of the year where both teams looked like they should have won. And Baker Mayfield played his, played out of his mind. And for the last six weeks, people have been talking about, hey, maybe this is, the, this is the guy they want. Yeah, this is a franchise quarterback. Then there's one game. Things go bad. Oh, and for context, the Browns found out yesterday that there are four wide receivers that are going to play this game. Couldn't play because of contact tracing and COVID up COVID positive taste or COVID positive test. But this is all to say something. It's about sample size. You have to look at full bodies of work, especially with young players, especially with teens. Look at full bodies of work. Take information and context into mind. When you're looking at something like World Junior, these guys have not had tons of time to work out with these players or to train with them or to work under these coaches systems because well it's covid day it's covid year it's covid madness they don't get the chance to try this out so when you're if you're watching if you're watching world junior or when you start watching your team this year this year will be a maddening year for teams and i think there will be teams that will make terrible decisions in the offseason based on what they see on this year because it's going to be one season of 56 games or if you're watching the the world junior championships a handful of games, what, five? I think the winner ends up playing like six or seven games or something. That's not enough to make big-time decisions on. Not enough to know enough about a guy. When he's just thrown onto a team with guys he doesn't play with. So keep that in mind if you want to be a smart sports fan. Keep in mind that sample size matters. Watching him in one game. If you watch a guy, let's say it's Canada, um, Russia for the gold medal game. Let's just throw that out there. I, th- I think that's a possible one because of the groups. And let's say um, there's a breakaway with two minutes to go and it's a tie game and Igor Chinikov has the puck on his stick and he shoots and it's a breakaway and it's a bad shot and he misses. There will be a thousand people on Twitter saying, ha the Blue Jackets were stupid for drafting him. 
and there will be maybe a hundred people saying it's one game. It's one specific event. You cannot make judgments on how good or bad a player is based on that. But that's what you should be doing. When you watch a game, one player doing something one time is not is not enough for a reason to say this or that or whatever about them. So keep that in mind, folks. With that being said, thank you very much for watching. Thank you much for listening. Um, tune in for the midweek show. Uh, if you haven't been listening or watching to it, uh, my my daughter joins us for the soda of the week because we do the child version. Uh, we normally have a cat on for a few seconds that tries to kill us. We have some random silliness on that show, so please join me for it. But thank you all very much for watching, listening, whatever it is, however it is you're joining the show. And go Jackets. Please subscribe to the show. Follow us on Twitter at Jackets Debrief. And thank you for listening.